last week on the Joes on the Pros podcast. I just don't know if the Vikings and Kirk Cousins can make it that far and make a run for the playoffs. I still don't even know if they're a playoff team. This Chiefs defense also really impressed me by actually putting up a fight against this prolific offense. Overall, this 49ers team just looks like they are well coached, they have a great defense, and they just look very well disciplined. I still don't know if this Baltimore Ravens team is an actual contender in the AFC, but I tell you what, we're going to find out this weekend when they play against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and company. You are now tuning in to the Joes on the Pros podcast with your host, Junie Riddle and Casey Warner, covering all the latest topics in today's sports. What another crazy weekend of NFL football that we had, and oh, how the mighty have fallen, Casey. We finally said it. We've been talking about it for weeks, how the New England Patriots hadn't really played any big competition uh, yet this season, but they went up against a good team in the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore, an electric Sunday night game, and the Baltimore Ravens, led by Lamar Jackson at quarterback, absolutely killed it, Casey. What did you get from that game, and how did the Ravens just absolutely stun the defending undefeated champs like that on Sunday night? Well, I'll tell you what, Junie, the Baltimore Ravens came out there with an electric crowd. Lamar Jackson did his thing, and we were watching that game Sunday night at our house with uh, Jack. He's a Patriots fan, as you all know, and he, uh, he was pretty upset about that game. Tom Brady, as I put it personally, was lost in that first half. That crowd was loud. That defense was putting pressure on him. They did exactly what they needed to do to get to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's system that they run so well. New England had seven penalties for 48 yards in that game. That Baltimore crowd, as I said, was electric. New England had a 13-game win streak going into this game, and that was snapped by the mighty Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, no, that that game was absolutely electric. I love what they were doing in the stadium every time they'd score. You know, obviously it's a Sunday night game. You got the big lights out, and then the light, they, show. the light show. It was flashing. It was going. It was it was electric there in Baltimore. No lie, uh, that was absolutely crazy. But I got to tell you though, I was really impressed with the way they started the game. Uh, the New England Patriots though did pick it back up. I mean, they were driving down the field to start the third quarter after mounting a comeback to you know. Limit the lead the Baltimore Ravens had after starting off 17 to nothing. Uh, the New England Patriots were driving. They put up 13 unanswered in that second quarter there, and they were driving down the field looking to take the lead coming out of half there. But Julian Edelman's fumble really cost the Patriots all the momentum swung back to Baltimore. And I think at that moment was when they really won the game there, uh, taking a two-possession score lead there in the third quarter. This was just a typical example of a team seeing the Patriots' weaknesses and watching a lot of film, obviously, and just getting at them with you know how they can beat that game plan that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick love to run. That's what the Ravens did. The Ravens exposed the Patriots. Lamar Jackson, like I said, he did what he does. He had 61 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. He held his own in the air again, didn't make too many mistakes. Good game there for Lamar Jackson. And that run game is just lights out right now. Mark Ingram, he had 115 yards to add as well. Uh, that run game and that offense, you just don't know who's getting the ball. I remember telling you that when we were watching the game. There's a lot of motion. There's a lot of play action there's a lot of movement they do in that offense to get different players the ball and I love it it's just hard to defend I don't care how great of a defensive mind you are if you keep people guessing with a ball and an option run game like that 
you can keep teams off balance and keep running the ball, and that's what the Ravens are doing so well right now. I mean, when you look at last week when they played against the Cleveland Browns, we really saw Nick Chubb absolutely run the ball all over the New England Patriots, setting up this matchup on Sunday night where we thought that, wow, the Ravens have the best rushing game in the entire league. They might actually have a chance in this game, and they put it uh, uh, full frontal for everybody to watch. It's obviously the highest-rated game uh, of the week there on Sunday night football, and I tell you what, they capitalized on what the Cleveland Browns had started. They didn't shoot themselves in, in the foot. They didn't cough up the ball as much as Cleveland did, and they absolutely pounded it and gave the Patriots something that they had never seen before in that big game. We'll get to the Patriots here in a minute and what we think, where they go from here, you know, what we think about them. But an interesting stat for the Baltimore Ravens and John Harbaugh there at the coach. They're 10-2 and after a bye with John Harbaugh, a head coach, and 21-4 and in November. So as you can tell, in the past, these Ravens, John Harbaugh coach teams, they play well later in the season, and this is where they really start to pick up steam. So this was a good game for them to keep the Patriots in check and keep the whole AFC in check, and that's what we're going to get to here in a minute is who do we think is the best team in the AFC. But let's talk about the Patriots for a minute. The Patriots, this is their first loss of the season. They go to 8-1. and one. They're, you know, By no means they're in trouble right now, but what do you think, you know, what do you think the, the mindset is in that locker room? What do you think the Patriots are going to do from here? How will they bounce back? I mean, the way they bounce back is that they regroup, they go through the film, they see what they're messing up on, and Bill Belichick is the best coach in football at making seasonal adjustments to where we've seen this happen before, whether it's, you know, in the beginning of the season, you know, a couple late season losses like last year that they had to Pittsburgh and Miami. You know, Bill Belichick's great at making these adjustments to where he can get the team to focus on their mistakes, play good football, do their job, Job and execute better towards the end of the season. We've seen it again and again, whether, like I said, in the beginning of the season, middle of the season, end of the season, he's always there making adjustments, and I think that that's what they're going to do here. They're going through a tough stretch, though, where they're going to have to play the Houston Texans, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, so this is going to really show us in these next you know, coming weeks what this New England Patriot team is made of, and are they the dominant team that we think they are? So the Ravens obviously got the best of the Patriots this past Sunday night. That was a big game for the Ravens, solidifying themselves as an elite contender in the AFC. So let's get into this now. Do we still think the Patriots are the best team in the AFC? Because I'll go ahead and tell you, I still think they're the best team in the AFC. Personally, as you spoke about, you know, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady's ability to make adjustments against defenses that shut them down and just coaching adjustments that Bill Belichick tends to make time and time again when we think they're out of it. You know, there's always one or two games on the schedule, three or four even sometimes, that these teams, you know, they get to the Patriots. The Patriots slip up a bit, but this is just, it. We, we've seen it time and time again. Late in the season is when this team starts to click on all cylinders, and we're only halfway through now. So halfway through, you know, the Pats are right where they want to be at 8-1 and one still. So, you know, they got Philadelphia coming up, they got Dallas coming up, they got Houston coming up. You know, I think they think if they can win two out of those three games, they're still in a great position to be the number one seed in the AFC. So right now, I got to still say that New England is the best team, even though I loved what I saw from Baltimore. You know, here's what I think about the AFC. I think it's all going to come down to how the seedings, you know, pair up and who's going to be matched up against who towards the end of the season. I'm going to tell you a team that not a lot of people are talking about uh, due to the injury of Patrick Mahomes, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that they have played so much better defense uh, after they had their losses against the Colts and the Texans. That defense is playing with a new attitude, and I like it. If Patrick Mahomes comes back and he's healthy and he's playing like we have seen him play earlier this season and to his MVP 
season last year, I think that this team is the best team in the AFC. And if you look at the tail end of their schedule, it is very, very favorable. They got the Broncos again. They got the Chargers twice. They got um, the Oakland Raiders. I mean, the only big game that they really have on the tail end of this schedule is going up against New England, which I think that that's also a winnable game, you know, after seeing New England play Baltimore. So it all just depends. But I think that this Kansas City Chiefs, uh, with the defensive play that they have right now, is the best team in the AFC. And you can mark that one down. You talk about teams that, you know, put themselves in good position to win. Like I mentioned, the Patriots have with their eight and one start. You got to be happy with the Chiefs starting six and three if you're a Chiefs fan. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has been out, what, the last two or three weeks now, and they've still managed to play good football without him. Matt Moore held his own in there. Gotta love what you liked, what we saw from him in those games that he started. But, you know, the Chiefs right now, still a game and a half up in that AFC West race. And another team that still has done no wrong so far in that division race is the Houston Texans. The Colts are nipping at their heels right now, but they're on top. Six and three, another big win from them. So you got to put the Texans and the Ravens and the Chiefs right behind the Pats. For me personally, those are my three that are right behind the Pats that I think are good in the AFC. The AFC is showing that it's actually pretty strong, stronger than what we thought. You know, everybody thinks the NFC is, you know, head and shoulders the best conference, but by no means this year is the AFC slacking. I mean, there's some good teams in the AFC that have come out so far. Yeah, no, there's definitely a couple wild card teams that a lot of people aren't talking about. A lot of people right now are not talking about how well the Los Angeles Chargers are playing. The Oakland Raiders have been playing. They've been very competitive events against a lot of good teams here. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 4-1 and one in their last five games, sitting at 4-4. Four and four. They've been beating some good teams, and I'll tell you what, another team is the Indianapolis Colts. I know they had that loss against my Steelers this weekend where Vinatieri missed that kick, but they're still five and three, and they have went into Kansas City and won. Like they are a very valuable team, and if Brissett is healthy and he can start playing at an elite level again, then we are going to see a lot of teams that are going to make it interesting in the AFC playoff race. But coming up next, guys, that is exactly what we're going to get into. At least every single team in the NFL now uh, has at least eight or nine games under their belt. We are right at the midway, so we are going to go into what we think the playoffs are going to shape into and who is going to get in what city as our mid-season prediction for our next segment coming up next. When lights grows the tired eye I'll soon be with you, my love Give you my dog's surprise We just got through week nine of the NFL. That means we are now on week 10 of the NFL, and that means we are officially halfway through the season. Most teams playing eight or nine games now on their schedule so far, and it is, it's shocking to think that we are now over halfway through the season. It seems just like yesterday we were so hyped for week one and giving our preseason predictions, and now... We're going to look back halfway through the season and see how we've done so far, what we've done right, you know, what we've got wrong, what, you know, what we're thinking now with these teams halfway through the season. And I'll start off with one a lot of people have thought highly of coming into this season and now just no playoff hopes in sight for this team unless they win off a few here in the next three or four games, and that's the Cleveland Browns. I had the Cleveland Browns at 10-6 and and getting a wild card spot in the playoffs in my preseason 
projections. And the Cleveland Browns sit at 2-6 and six right now. Baker Mayfield does not look good. Can't get that offense going. Odell Beckham Jr. has struggled. He has not gotten the statistical numbers he likes when he's a number one receiver. He's frustrated. Freddie Kitchens is not happy right now. He's got to be on the hot seat with them at 2-6. and six. They just lost to the Broncos last week. That's a bad loss right there from a losing team. Cleveland has clearly just not played up to their expectations right now, and it's not looking good for them playoff-wise. Like I said, they're going to have to run off a few here in their next three or four games if they want to have any chance at being in the playoffs. I was definitely wrong about Cleveland, and I think a lot of people were wrong about Cleveland to this point. Another team that I was really wrong about in a different way, though, is I had the Indianapolis Colts at 3-13, and and they're 5-3 and right now. They have as many wins right now Two more, actually, than I thought I was going to have them at the whole season with. So the Indianapolis Colts have definitely exceeded my expectations. Jacoby Brissett has looked pretty great out there for the Colts. Uh, You know, what can you say about that defense? They've had a great pass rush. They've held their own in that tough division, and they're battling it out right now with the Houston Texans for that top spot. So, Junie, what what were you wrong about initially? What What are the first couple of things off the top of your head? All right, so one of the biggest teams that I was wrong about is Duh, Bears. Bears. I was wrong about the Bears, man. I thought that that defense was really, really elite. Uh, They've had some miscues. They obviously had a really good start to the season, but they have not been playing that well uh, up to date. And then Mitchell Trubisky, man, did he really fool me. I heard a lot of guys saying that he wasn't that talented of a quarterback and that he wasn't the quarterback of the future there in Chicago. And I got to tell you, I was wrong. I thought he was a lot better than that, and he is not. Uh, So, yeah, I was wrong about the Bears. I had them going to the NFC Championship, and they are not even going to make the playoffs in that division. So then another team I was really wrong about was the Atlanta Falcons. You know, the Atlanta Falcons were 7-9 and last year. You know, it's a common thing with the Falcons where they have a bad season, then they have a good season. And Matt Ryan was just in the Super Bowl not too long ago there in 2017. So I figured that, you know, they would have a better year this year. Obviously not. They are absolutely terrible. Only one win on the season, and I was wrong about the Falcons. And then the Baltimore Ravens. I thought people were going to figure out Lamar Jackson. I thought that he was going to have a bit of a sophomore slump. Obviously not. I was wrong. Just like he did in Louisville his second year, he won the Heisman. This year he's in the MVP. MVP race conversation. And so with that being said, I was completely wrong about the Ravens. They are a lot talented. They've made some moves to improve that defense that I thought was going to struggle this year. And Lamar Jackson has had no slump. He has only improved and has become a great caliber quarterback in this league. Another team that has definitely exceeded expectations. I think everybody's expectations, especially with them being the last undefeated team right now, that's the San Francisco 49ers. I had them at 6-10, third place in my Rams NFC West, West Division, and they sit at 8-0 right now, atop the NFC, head and shoulders the best team, I'd say, right now in the NFC. They're looking great. No signs of them slowing down. My Rams still have to play them one more time. Not looking forward to that. San Francisco has looked great to this point. Probably the best team in football, arguably, at the halfway point in the season. Other than that, some things that I actually was right about. The NFC East, I was fairly close to how it's looking right now. I had the Cowboys and the Eagles at 10-6 and six on top of that division. And, you know, both of them still stand within one game of each other. Dallas has the lead right now. The rest of that division I got right, too. I had the Redskins, bottom feeders, and the Giants maybe hanging in there at 6-10 and 10 or so. But, you know, the NFC East is competitive still to this point. Those top two teams, we still don't know who's going to emerge. Cowboys with a one-game lead. 
But the NFC East always tends to hang like this. You know, a 9-7, and 10-6 and six kind of team can win that division the last few years. Cowboys had a good showing last night against the Giants, and they looked pretty good, but the Eagles are still right there. That division is close. Definitely was right about that so far. And another team I was absolutely right about is the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints, I had them at 12-4 and four in first place in that NFC South, and they are looking great right now. They're in awesome shape. They sit at 7-1 and one right now atop the NFC South and are arguably one of the best teams in the NFC. I know Junie loves the Saints, and he thinks they are atop the NFC. He would have to make an argument for that. Uh, I think they're right there with San Francisco. They could be the second-best team, I think, in the NFC right now, but New Orleans has definitely looked awesome. Didn't skip a beat with Drew Brees out. Teddy Bridgewater looked great in there. What are some things that you had right to this point? My man, Junie. I'll tell you who I had right, and that's the Houston Texans. I told you that Deshaun Watson was going to have a great year this season. If he was healthy, he has been. Although they lost J.J. Watt, they still didn't skip a beat this weekend when they absolutely dominated the Jaguars in London. I mean, I think that this team is ultra-talented. I think they are a contender to beat anybody in the playoffs, just depending on how well that offensive line holds up and that secondary that lets up a lot of points from here and there. Another team that I was right about is the Cincinnati Bengals. I say it all the time. Andy Dalton's a scrub. He's now on the bench. They have not won a single game. I actually said that they might win three games this year. It's not even looking like they're going to do that. I was right about the Bengals. I knew they were going to be a bottom feeder this year, and they absolutely were. And then another team that I was right about was the Seattle Seahawks. I said Russell Wilson was going to have a fantastic season. You know, him being an MVP candidate, I don't think it's any question that he's number one on everybody's MVP list. They have absolutely showed up. They've absolutely dominated. They've done actually a little bit better than I thought, but I knew that they were going to be in contention there in the NFL with how well Russell Wilson was going to play this season, and I was absolutely right about that. So let's now get into our halfway predictions for our seedings in the AFC, Casey. So give me your one through six, a little brief reason as to why. All right, so starting out in the AFC, obviously got to go with who I think is still the best AFC team, and that's the Patriots. Even though they lost this past Sunday night to the Ravens, I still think you got to give them that number one seed. They've looked great so far. Like I said, Bill Belichick will make adjustments. They don't have too many more games on that schedule that they're likely to lose. It's going to get tougher for them, but I think Bill Belichick's going to make adjustments. Tom Brady's going to do Tom Brady things. I think they get the one seed. Other than that, I think the two seed is actually going to go to the Kansas City Chiefs. The MVP is back, guys. The MVP is back, y'all. And he's going to be back with a force to be reckoned with. I know he wants to put up big numbers, and that offense has been putting up decent numbers with Matt Moore. So he's going to be looking to shred defenses, throw that ball deep, get that ball to Tyreek Hill, use his weapons he has in that offense. The Chiefs, I think, are still going to be the number two seed. After that, I think the three seed will be the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens beat the Patriots this past Sunday night. They looked really good. Lamar Jackson doesn't show any signs of slowing down. They're my three seed. My four seed has to be the Houston Texans. I think the Texans are right there with the Ravens, but maybe just a step lower when it comes to defense. The Texans lost J.J. Watt for the season. That definitely hurts them on the defensive side of the ball. They still got to battle the Colts one more time. That's going to be a good game. Them and the Colts are going to compete for that division title. I got the Texans at four, and then my two wild card teams. You know I've been hyping up the Bills. You know I've been hyping up the Bills, and the Bills are still 6-2. and two. You can only win the games you play on your schedule. If you go 6-2 and two in the first half, you do that again in the second half, you're 12-4. and four. You're in the playoffs, man. The Bills are my five seed right now. If they can keep playing solid defense, only 131 points allowed on the season, that defense is rock solid. If they can keep that up, they can at least make a wild card spot. 
They're my first wild card team. And then my second wild card team is the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts dropped a crucial game to the Steelers in that wild card race. The Steelers gained a game on them. I still think they're right there, but the Colts, I think, in the end, are going to take that second wild card spot. They're going to duke it out with the Texans. Might still even win that division. I think they're just a step below them, though. I got the Colts as my second wild card team. And that's that's my six right there in the AFC as I got right now. All right, so I'm going to agree with you on a few of these picks. Number one, I got the Patriots. Obviously, they have an 8-1 and one start. They have a huge lead against all these other teams so far. So I think towards the stretch, I think that they are going to have home field advantage for the playoffs. Number two, like you said, I got the Chiefs. I think that their schedule for the rest of the season is very favorable, and I easily see them taking the number two spot. Number three, though, I don't think that the Ravens are there yet. I think the Houston Texans have an edge on them with just how good Deshaun Watson is playing. I don't think any quarterback outside of Russell Wilson has been playing better than he has this season. At number four, I have the final division winner, and that is the Baltimore Ravens. They have a two-game lead against the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, so I think you know with the way that they've been playing, they've already beaten the Steelers this season, that they will maintain and hold on and win that division by the end of the season. Coming into my first wild card, I got the Indianapolis Colts. The team is way too talented. They have a great offensive line and a great, young, talented defense. If Jacoby Brissett can keep playing how he's playing, I think that they are going to be the best wild card team there in the AFC. And for number six, my last wild card spot, it's going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Casey. You knew who I was picking. I don't believe in the Buffalo Bills. I think that they are frauds. Just like the Patriots have had a weak schedule, the Buffalo Bills have the exact same schedule. I think it's going to come down to the end of the year. And on my birthday, they play in Heinz Field. And you know I'm going to that game because I've already got tickets for my birthday to go watch that game live. And I guarantee you when the Steelers win that game, that is going to be the game ceiling whether they have to tie the Buffalo Bills to edge into the playoffs and get that last wild card spot. I guarantee you it's going to happen. They are making the playoffs. That certainly is a huge game with huge playoff implications. Several games down the road that are looking like they're going to have great implications, such as that game that you will be at. But let's get into the NFC now and what we think our top six are going to look right there. As it stands right now, like we talked about, Niners and the Saints are atop that, and I can't argue with that of that's how, how that's going to finish. I think the Niners are going to get that one seed. Hate to say it, but they're just too good right now. They got off to too great of a start. When you're undefeated halfway – Definitely, you cannot complain with anything there, and we certainly think that they're going to pull out that division. They have a one-and-a-half game lead over the Seahawks right now. think they're going to be the number one seed in my NFC. Right behind them, though, I think will be the Saints. Drew Brees is back. That offense is only going to start to click better with him back. I think that team's going to roll through the rest of their season, win that division without a problem. They're going to be my number two seed in the NFC. Number three, I think the Packers have looked strong so far. They slipped up against the Chargers this past Sunday, but I think that slip-up was needed. I think that was a wake-up call. I think they're going to get the rest of their season together. They'll be a solid three in the NFC. At number four, I'm going to have to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just don't like what I've seen from the Cowboys to this point. That Jets game really scared me. They looked good on Monday Night Football last night against the Giants, but I just don't think Dak Prescott is elite enough to get his team to the playoffs when you got a guy like Carson Wentz still hanging in there with the Eagles, and they're right behind him, only a half game down right now. So that is a close division race. I think the Eagles are going to pull that out. My first wild card team, I got to go with the Seattle Seahawks. They took it to my Rams on Thursday night football. Big win for them there. It's looking like it's going to have big effects on the playoff race. They're my first wild card team. They're at 7-2 and two right now, second in the NFC West. Got to go with them. As good as Russell Wilson has looked, he's an MVP candidate. 
He's got to be in there in the playoffs at this point. Got them as my first wild card, and I got to put the Rams as my second wild card. They're five and three right now. The offense has signs that it's starting to click. If they can just keep that offense going, win a few more big games down the stretch, and finish at eleven and five or so, surely they can get a second wild card above the Vikings. It's going to be tough. There's a few teams that are lingering there: the Vikings, the Panthers, the Rams, and the Eagles, or the Cowboys. Whoever doesn't win that division, they're all lingering right there. The NFC is a very tough conference, and I'm really hoping my Rams can get a second wild card or even somehow win. The division, but I got him right now as my second wild card. But that NFC is tough. Who do you, who do you got as your six man? It's it's anybody's race at the top. Well, as of right now, me and you actually have the exact same NFC predictions, except for one single seating. And do you want to take a guess on what that is? The last wild card spot? No, I actually do have the Rams coming in at number six to your surprise, but I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC. I'm going to keep saying the Saints are the best team in the NFC, and they will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. You best believe it. Drew Brees is easily the best quarterback in the NFC. They have the best offensive line. They have a top three defense in the NFC. Name me a weakness that the New Orleans Saints have. Please try me with the New Orleans Saints. They have no weakness. Uh, With that being said, number two, the 49ers. I think that the Packers are a slip-up team. They are going to have a few losses here and there, but I think the Niners are going to be a lot more consistent. When they play New Orleans in the Superdome, I think that's going to be their first loss, honestly. Um, And then they're going to have a few more games with the Packers, Houston Texans, teams like that that are going to give them struggles down the stretch. Uh, Number three, the Packers are going to be the three seed. Um, Like I said, they've just kind of showed this weekend with their loss to the Chargers that they are a team that can lose to some of these lesser teams, and I think that they are going to be the three seed just sitting there really close right behind the Niners. But at number three, the Eagles, I think, are going to edge out the Cowboys. It all comes down to coaching. Doug Peterson is a better coach than Jason Garrett. And I think going down the stretch, making seasonal adjustments, uh, they're so close of in record right now. I think that the Eagles will edge out the Cowboys towards the end of the season. Coming into my fifth seed, the first wild card, I got the Seattle Seahawks. They have a little bit of the edge over the Rams. So I think that they are going to stay consistent with their MVP level quarterback in Russell Wilson. And then at number six, I do have the Rams edging it in. I think Sean McVay is too good of a coach and too good of an offensive mind to let this end of the season slip up. I think they have some tough games that they have to win, but I think that they are going to edge in as the sixth seed. Speaking of tough games down the road for the Rams, there's a big game coming up this Sunday. Both of our favorite teams are going head-to-head. We're going to start the next segment with that. Stick with us next. We got a big game coming up Sunday, and that is the Rams heading to Pittsburgh, to Heinz Field, taking on Junie's Steelers. My Rams against Junie's Steelers. We got to make this a big part of our podcast this week. We're going to have a little banter about the game. It's worth noting that the spread for this game is plus three and a half in favor of the Rams. That's a really tight spread. I personally wouldn't bet it. I noted that I would stay away from it, would not bet it. We actually aren't doing the Warner wages this week, but that's a game I would definitely have stayed away from. But, you know, what are your initial thoughts on this game, Junie, and what needs to happen for the Steelers to win on your end? See, and I think that 
there's going to be one X factor in this game, and it's going to be for both teams in order to see who's going to win this game, and that's the battle of the trenches. I mean, I tell you what, both of these teams have to win the line of scrimmage and establish a running game. Whichever team does that the best is going to win this game, and here's why I think the Steelers are going to be the team that does that. The Steelers are fifth in sacks this season with 29, and they have been getting after opposing quarterbacks all season, and they've only allowed, their offensive line has only allowed eight sacks, which is an NFL low for offensive lines allowing sacks, and so they are protecting the quarterback. They're getting after the quarterback, and when you look at the Los Angeles Rams coming into Pittsburgh, they're an L.A. team coming up north. I know it's not that cold yet, but it's still going to be a little bit of a factor here as the weather is just now starting to change, and I think that with the Rams' struggle at offensive line, if the Steelers can go ahead and get pressure on Jared Goff and he can have a mishap Jared Goff game to where Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson, guys like that in the secondary can get some turnovers. TJ Watt and Bud Dupree strip fumble sacks. Anything like that, then I think the Steelers have a big chance to win this game in Heinz Field and really start to turn their season around. Well, certainly this is going to have a huge game with huge playoff implications, meaning to it. The Steelers sit at four and four right now. The Rams sit at five and three. They're both in the thick of the wild card race currently in their respective conferences. But let me give you my thoughts personally. I think the Rams are going to win if Jared Goff can continue to build on the success he's had the last couple games. If he can continue to get this offense going, if the line can hold their own and he doesn't turn the ball over, we can win this game. The Rams have had success when Jared Goff has success and when the line holds up for him. And that's what they're going to have to do against this tough Pittsburgh Steelers team. They're coming off of a bye week. They have plenty of rest. There is no excuses for them not to have game planned for this game. But you hit the nail on the head, my friend. It's all going to be in the trenches. Who can run the ball? Who can control the line of scrimmage? You know Pittsburgh's going to bring pressure on Jared Goff. He folds under pressure when he cannot stay upright. He, t- he tends to turn the ball over. It's going to be a very good game, I think. It's going to be a little bit colder than the Rams are used to playing in. And that L.A. weather, that's going to bring another element to it. I'm hoping for the best football game possible. But me personally, I think the Rams are going to build on their offensive success. And I think they're going to keep it going. They need this game to stay in that NFC West race. The NFC West is great right now. But this game is going to show who's a contender. And whoever wins this game is going to have a better chance of coming out with a wild card spot or even winning their division. No, I still think that the Rams will get a wild card spot just because I think that down the stretch they're going to do much better than they showed earlier this season. But I just think that this Pittsburgh Steelers team matches up with this Rams team much better. The one X factor for the Rams that really scares me is Jalen Ramsey. We saw what Jalen Ramsey has done to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the past, especially in that 2017 season where they absolutely dominated getting five interceptions against Ben Roethlisberger and then later getting two turnovers against Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs, eliminating that Really good 13-3 Pittsburgh Steelers team about two years ago. So that is the one guy that I'm really worried about popping off. But I really think with what I've seen with the Rams, when there has been a pass rush against them, they have struggled. Jared Goff is not the same quarterback. You saw it with Tampa Bay. You saw it with the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks, even though uh, their secondary isn't that good. They still got good pressure on Jared Goff in that game. 
I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers have the formula to beat the Los Angeles Rams, and I think that they're going to do it because this team is stronger. They are closer than ever. They finally got the distraction outs. They're young. They're ambitious. They're humble, and they got great veteran leadership. I think that they're going to come out, and they are going to win that line of scrimmage battle with this Rams team, and they are going to get this season in check and start to turn around with this huge win. This game is certainly going to be big-time entertainment. Do not miss this game. This is going down at 425 Eastern Time, 325 Central Time for you WKU guys or girls listening to it. This is going to be a big game for playoff implications, both of our favorite teams. We hope you can tune in and see the Rams and the Steelers duke it out this Sunday. But let's get into our favorite part of the Joes on the Pros podcast, our riddle rankings. And this week, we're changing it up. Instead of the Warner wages, I'm going to give you all a little fantasy insider in what I like to call fantasy focus. But, Junie, let's let's hear your rankings, man. Start us off. All right. Uh, coming in at number 10, even though I cannot absolutely stand this team, is the Dallas Cowboys. They've really looked a lot better here in the last couple weeks, you know, dominating the Philadelphia Eagles and then getting that huge win on Monday Night Football against the New York Giants. I mean, they're 5-3, and three, they're winning their division, and they are looking like they are going to be a better contender in the NFC. Uh, coming in at number 9, I have the Los Angeles Rams back here. They've been playing a lot better. They're coming off a of bye week. They got a huge game against the Steelers that could go either way this Sunday, but I got them coming in at number nine. Coming in at number eight, falling back a little bit, I said that I was all for this team, and obviously they proved me wrong by not going into Arrowhead and getting a win. The Minnesota Vikings are coming in at number eight because Kirk Cousins simply cannot win in big moments, and he simply cannot compete against better talented teams. Uh, It shows in that record since he has been a part of that Minnesota Vikings team that they have only beaten one playoff team in that stint. Coming in at number seven, the Seattle Seahawks, although they they let it be a game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Russell Wilson has really solidified that he is easily the best candidate for MVP on the season. And this Seattle Seahawks team goes where he goes, and he has only had about one bad game this season, and that has been their two losses. And so if they're if they're going to continue to play like this for the second half of the season, they are easily going to stay in the top 10 riddle rankings. Coming in at number six, the Kansas City Chiefs got a huge win without Patrick Mahomes, beating this super talented Minnesota Vikings team. You know, Mahomes is expected to come back this week against Tennessee, and I tell you what, if this defense can keep playing how they're playing, this Chiefs team is going to be dangerous. Coming in in our top five, the Packers fell down a couple spots due to them losing to the Los Angeles Chargers there in Los Angeles. I should say it's a home game for the Chargers, but it really wasn't because there was more Packer fans there than Charger fans, but the Chargers came out and they absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage, getting to Aaron Rodgers, disrupting that offense and that running game that they had with Melvin Gordon. Phillip Rivers had a great game and it just seemed like they won all facets of the game. So now that's going to bump the Packers back down to number five. Coming in at number four, Deshaun Watson outside of Russell Wilson is the best quarterback that is playing in the NFL this season. He looks absolutely great, and they just keep getting better and better in my eyes. So I have them coming in at number four. Coming in at number three, I have the New England Patriots. They're sitting at number three. Finally, the big guys have fallen. David Slangoliad with the Baltimore Ravens. And I got to tell you what, guys, 
they are now number three because they showed that they cannot play as, as well against weaker talents that they have been all season. Coming in at number two, the San Francisco 49ers continue to impress. I mean, Jimmy G really had a great game throwing four touchdowns in Arizona, his his career high there, and that defense showed that you know they can have some discrepancies there. They can have some bad games, but at least the Niners showed that that offense can, can take over for a night and give them a solid win. And then number one, you know who it is. You know who it is. It's the New Orleans Saints, guys. Tell me a weakness the Saints has. I go about it every single week. This is no time for me to repeat myself, guys. They're the best team. they got a great O-line, great receivers, great running back, great quarterback, great secondary, great defensive pass rushers, guys. They are good on all cylinders. And if Drew Brees is going to continue playing how he played in his first game back, then you can expect this team to be in the Super Bowl. The Saints certainly are clicking on all cylinders right there. I like them at number one. I like the Patriots dropping to number three. They got some work to do. But let's get into some fantasy football. You know who I forgot about, though? Who is that? I honestly did forget somebody, and that's that's the Baltimore Ravens. I absolutely forgot the Baltimore Ravens, but if I had to put them somewhere, it would probably be behind the Houston Texans in between the Packers and put the Packers at six and then bump those Dallas Cowboys out of the riddle rankings. So I literally just looked at that. I literally just saw that, and I forgot about the Baltimore Ravens. They are actually going to be the number five team, bump the Cowboys out and bump all the rest of those teams back one spot. The Baltimore Ravens with a huge win on Sunday night. They definitely got Junie's attention. Let's get into some fantasy football now, though. We got some fantasy football talk going on. I'm going to get into three parts of this fantasy talk. Locks, sleepers, and don'ts. My locks are guys you should definitely start without a question. Some guys that got great matchups and are sure to produce for you. Put up big points in fantasy. My first lock is Julio Jones taking on the New Orleans Saints this week. That Saints defense is solid, but Julio Jones has at least three catches in every game this season. Matt Ryan is coming back. It's going to be a great bounce back game, I believe, for Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. They always have that connection. You can expect Julio Jones to put up at least a touchdown and likely to put up another 100 yards. He is clearly Matt Ryan's favorite target and Matt Ryan is going to be swinging the ball in what they want to be a high-flying affair with to give them a chance to beat the New Orleans Saints. Saquon Barkley takes on the New York Jets this week. The Jets just dropped a game to the Dolphins. Saquon Barkley can go off against the Jets. Frustrating game for him this past Monday night against the Cowboys. He wants to get that offense going. They'll hand the ball to him as many times as they need to to defeat the New York Jets, their rivals. The New York clash going on this week. Saquon Barkley is going to break out, I believe. He's going to have at least a touchdown, maybe even 100 yards. You can count on him having 100 yards against that Jets defense. He has at least 12 touches in every game so far this season. He's going to get more of that against the Jets. He's going to put up big numbers this week. Put them in your lineup. Sleepers for this week. My first sleeper for this week is Marvin Jones taking on the Chicago Bears. Marvin Jones has five touchdowns in his last three games, put up big numbers for me this past week. He put up a 30-plus point game two weeks ago. He had four touchdowns in that game. He's a sleeper this week. Don't leave Marvin Jones out of your lineup, even though he's playing against the Chicago Bears. That chemistry with Matthew Stafford is only growing by the game. My other sleeper I got is Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon has finally come into his own. He fumbled the ball on the last play of a game a couple weeks ago. Definitely bounced back this past week. 23 touches, 99 total yards, two rushing touchdowns last week against a solid Green Bay defense. Put him in your lineup. He's a sleeper. He's got to go in your lineup this week. Don'ts. 
These are guys that you have to sit this week. I don't care what they did last week. I don't care what their name is. You got to sit them. And that first guy is Damian Williams taking on the Tennessee Titans. I don't like this matchup. LaShawn McCoy is sure to lurch a few carries from Damian Williams. He had a great week this past week, had a 95-yard touchdown run. I don't think he's going to have the same results against the Tennessee Titans. Mahomes is coming back, and Tennessee has the sixth-ranked fantasy defense. I don't think he's going to have a good week this week against the Titans. OBJ against Buffalo. That is right. Odell Beckham Jr. is on my don'ts list this week. Buffalo has a great defense, and he's only averaging 11.6 fantasy points per game. No touchdowns since week two for Odell Beckham Jr. It doesn't look like things are getting any better for Freddie Kitchen's offense with Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield. That connection is not looking great. Don't expect anything more out of Odell Beckham Jr. this week. And that's my fantasy focus for this week. That's absolutely awesome, Casey. Way to kind of change it up there. A lot of people get into fantasy football. Not everybody's into sports betting, so we thought we'd do something a little bit different. This is the Joes on the Pros podcast coming to you after week nine of the NFL. A lot of great matchups coming up next week, so stay tuned with all the great coverage that you're going to get on the Joes on the Pros podcast.